You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back, folks, here on Big Blue Views Audio Lineup. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum. We are officially post-Super Bowl, which means... The off-season starts today. It's officially draft season. We've got a lot to cover and to go over. With the combine not too far away, we've got free agency creeping up on us. But the first key thing in the off-season for the New York Giants is that their coaching staff, their assistants, their position coaches appear to be virtually all set. There might be some additional other moves that happen in this period of time, but we have a full list of who's going to be taking over each specific role under Brian Dable's um, new coaching staff. And just to hit on and name all of those guys that have been announced, Mike Kafka, the offensive coordinator, Wink Martindale, Martindale, the defensive coordinator, Shade Tierney, quarterbacks, DeAndre Smith, running backs, Bobby Johnson, offensive line, Tony Sperano Jr., assistant offensive line, Annie Bischoff, tight ends, Andre Patterson, defensive line, Jordan uh, Agoro Angwu, definitely mispronouncing that, inside backers, Dean Wilkins, outside backers, and then I believe the wide receivers might grow, and they will be retaining at special teams, Thomas McGahee. So we've got a lot of names here, Chris. We now have a better sense of the direction of this coaching staff and I want to open up talking about today what our general impressions are from this group. So when you got to gradually know more and more about these guys and who these names were, what were your general thoughts on the new coaching staff? Yeah, I think at least at first blush, the Giants have put together a pretty darn good coaching staff. I'm excited for what Brian Dayball and Mike Kafka can cook up on the offensive side of the ball, mm-hmm. you know, ha- having that Buffalo offense meets Andy Reed and what they have done in Kansas city. And also going back to the Philadelphia Eagles, that there's a lot of offensive know-how, very bright guys on that side of the ball. And then on defense, I'm not surprised at all to see Wink Martindale get the job. He, mm-hmm. he runs a similar enough scheme to what the giants have where it's, it isn't a complete rebuild. Now he he's a lot more aggressive in his coverages, so that might that might you know, need some uh, roster work. We'll co- we'll cover that in a whole hell of a lot of detail in future episodes. But also, I, I just love the fact that they got a guy with experience, a lot of experience. So Martindale can basically run the defense on his own. He can have autonomy on that side of the ball. Uh, Brian Dayball doesn't need to be a hands-on coach on the defensive side. They can really concentrate on getting the offense fixed, which mm-hmm. yeah, that, that really needs to be priority number one for the Giants. We just watched a Super Bowl where with two great offensive teams. And yeah, it, it's really clear at this point that if you want to make headway in the NFL, you have to be able to win on offense. As far as the 
position coaches. I think they've got a lot of really good coaches, a lot of experience, and a lot a very diverse background. Guys from all over the NFL. It's not just people Brian Dayball knows and has worked with before, and it's like trying to make a carbon copy of other coaching staffs. Mm -hmm. So that, I think, is a nice change from what the Giants have have done with the last few coaching staffs. Yeah, the the one thing I do want to hit on, because when we talked a lot about Martindale, that was the big, exciting hire. We didn't really get to go too far in on on Mike Kafka, who was named the offensive coordinator. We thought that it was going to be Ken Dorsey, who ended up taking over as the offensive coordinator for the Bills, and he was... Previously, the quarterbacks coach, they get Kafka, who was the quarterbacks coach in Kansas City. And that's, a, I would say, equally as, as good of a hire as if they went with Ken Dorsey. I, I don't think that that's a drop-off because it was a second choice. I would argue maybe even could be a, a better hire because it was going outside of the uh, projected circle that, that Brian Dable was trying to work off of. But you see what... Obviously, the progression of Patrick Mahomes is not all off of Kafka, but the way that he has helped Mahomes, who's very raw, grow in his time in the NFL, I think is very, very positive. And then on top of that, you get all these resounding opinions from guys that have that he's been around in that locker room. They've said that he's incredibly smart. He's very tactile. That's what you want in an offensive coordinator. And I, I might be wrong, but I don't think we know, Chris, if, if Dayball is going to be calling plays or not. But either way, you have two very, very bright offensive minds that are going to be working together to scheme a very strong offensive approach. Yeah, and I, I love the fact that they didn't get Ken Dorsey. I thought Dorsey would be a very good hire, but I like the fact that they're going outside of that Buffalo circle and getting a guy from a, a, a different coaching tree, you know, that, that Andy Reed tree, that kind of Andy Reed's take on the West coast offense and the way it's kind of evolved into a spread coast offense is incredibly successful. And I think bringing that in somebody with that experience as a player and as a coach and marrying that with what Brian Dabble knows, you know, from his time as kind of a more of an uh, Earhart Perkins background Mm -hmm. in just kind of offensive philosophy stemming from his, I think it was two stints in new England. Yeah. Right now we don't know what this offense is going to look like, but I don't think that's a bad thing because I, I think it could be something where they try to take the best of the Andy Reid West Coast offense and you know maybe the the efficient simplicity of what a an EPS offense is able to do and you know th- this could be a really exciting offense for the Giants at least once they get the personnel in place and get everything up and running yeah yeah very exciting once things do start to get up and running and Chris the other thing too I wanted to hit on that you mentioned was it it doesn't feel like a, a cookie cutter coaching staff where trying to to mimic some of these other uh, teams and how they've put it, put their coaching staffs together. It does feel unique and it feels like that they've been effective in trying to not only bring in guys like Patton or Patterson rather from the Vikings that is a very experienced guy, but they're also effectively bringing in up and comers that have um, very quality backgrounds and sometimes that's the best approach for 
building a coaching staff is you see a lot of this stuff where they're just retreads of guys that got fired and demoted to other positions and they go from offensive coordinator to now an offensive line coach kind of like you get with the freddie kitchen stuff uh, type of a guy joining the staff instead we've got a lot of new names here we've got a lot of guys that had uh, smaller roles coming from some coaching in college roles and it's a lot of different faces that are stepping into this coaching staff that are um, again, up and comers. That's how you find and grow and develop guys who end up becoming future coordinators. I'd almost rather have that than retreads of guys that got fired that are just trying to reprove themselves. Yeah, I like the fact that they're the Giants have mixed guys who are experienced with coaches who are young. Uh, the Giants have quite a few former players on their coaching staff, which yeah. I like as well. Yeah, that. That's something I, I we've seen a lot lately with you know, former quarterbacks becoming quarterbacks, coaches, and then offensive coordinators, which is the path that Mike Kafka has taken. And I, I really do think having that player background it, that does help the coaches kind of speak to the players. They know what it's like in that locker room. They know what it's like in the meeting room from the players' seats. And you know, I think having coaches who can speak to the players, you know, meet them on their turf and really help with the the teaching aspect of it will be big for this team going forward. Yeah, definitely will be very big. So looking at this staff though, Chris, if we had to pick the most notable name that we think Giants fans should be aware of, uh, I was in agreement with you on the first one. Um, I agree with you on all of these, but I, I think that the one that stood out the most is Andre Patterson from the Vikings who coached, as we know, a very talented defensive line throughout his time with the Vikings. And you also indicated that he has some coordinator experience. He's probably one of the um, best and most experienced guys of this new coaching staff. But him to be the defensive line coach, I think, is a huge steal to grab a guy like that, especially considering the strength on this team is already the uh, the defensive line. Yeah, it, well, what I really like about the Patterson hire is that he is a stickler for technique and form and all those things where uh, that has kind of been the weakness of the Giants defensive line going back for going back a long time, honestly, you know, back to the Justin Tuck days, you know, like 2010 or so mm-hmm. the Patterson was the guy who basically he identified Daniil Hunter and what he could be and then really helped Hunter in unlocking his potential, harnessing all of those tools that he had at LSU, but never really put it all together to produce like we know he is capable of doing. And that he did the same thing with Linval Joseph, the final, the former giant. Yeah. He was always a good player with the Giants, but he was never a great player, which is why the Giants let him leave. Well, Patterson got a hold of him, made some uh, honestly small tweaks to his uh, his stance and his technique playing playing that one technique nose tackle, mm-hmm. and it Joseph had the best years of his career under Patterson with the Vikings. And we we've seen him do that with a bunch of different players. They have the Vikings have consistently had really good defensive lines, particularly under Patterson. And with Leonard Williams and with Dexter Lawrence and whoever else the Giants add, assuming they are able to add anybody this year. Yeah, 
getting those guys to be even more efficient in their technique is really going to allow them to unlock the power and athleticism they have, especially Dexter Lawrence, because yeah, he's capable of being disruptive. We've seen that, but he's also capable of kind of disappearing because way too often he relies on being just massive and explosive, and that's not going to work against every NFL lineman. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Yeah, the other guy that you made note of that I thought was really interesting was DeAndre Smith, um, who was previously the Texas Texas Tech running backs coach and they're bringing him in I believe to take yeah to take the same exact role and he's probably one of the lesser known guys he comes from a very deep college coaching background he's been coaching in college from 1999 all the way up until the present until he's taken his current role and he has been a part of some coaching staffs that have produced some really talented running backs but that hire I think is probably the one that might be the most underrated because so many people don't really know who he is, but he certainly is a very, very strong coach. Yeah, he, he's coached a lot of running backs, and I think it's interesting that he came out of nothing but college. At 22 years as a college coach, he's never coached in the NFL. But you know, with running backs, you, you have to get those guys those guys up to speed quickly, especially you know, th- their careers don't last too long in the NFL, and it it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to re-sign them. And we can talk about what that means for Saquon Barkley and Devontae Booker later, but you're pretty much always going to have young running backs coming up through your system. So having a running backs coach who's used to coaching young running backs, that is, I think, very important. Also, it might speak to at least some of the ways the Giants are looking at offense now and maybe looking at bringing in some of those college influences, some of the air raid influences. And we could maybe look at how Texas Tech runs their rushing attack and maybe try to project that forward onto what the Giants might do. Also, it's kind of interesting that Cliff Kingsbury out with the Arizona Cardinals was the Texas Tech head coach. And now with the Cardinals, they run more 10 personnel, four receiver, one running back sets than anyone else in the NFL. The number two team over the last two years were the Buffalo Bills under Brian Dayball. So I I think 
we could be looking at a lot more four receiver sets for the Giants, which wouldn't be hard to do. And having a running backs coach who's used to that style of offense could help get the Giants running game up to speed in those sets that much more quickly. It's so funny that you bring that up because I I just think back to last offseason when we were screaming into the microphone, we need to run more four receiver sets, stop going with a running back and a fullback and multiple tight ends because Jason Garrett was running a antiquated offense from the (laughs) early 2000s. And we were saying, if they're going to do that this year, it's not going to work. And then lo and behold, they do that and it didn't work. And there were all of these really talented receivers in the receiving group. We don't know if all those guys are going to be coming back, but you look at how this receiving group is structured. It is... Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, um, Darius Slayton, Kadarius Toney, who's poised to possibly have a really big second year. There are a lot of really good athletes, and it's well-structured to be built like a basketball team like we talk about on this podcast. So, I mean, any indication that we do get more four-receiver sets, I would be ecstatic that we actually get to watch that come into place. And maybe some of these small indicators are proof that it's going to happen with Dayball and, and Smith, uh, you know, being those indicators. I, I'm praying that that does happen. Oh, yeah. And I imagine the off- the Giants offensive linemen should be praying that that happens as well. You know, whoever those guys are going to be, uh, Andrew Thomas and four to be named in the future, because you, know, you get those four receiver sets that forces a defense to get smaller, that forces them into really a lot of dime packages and if you can force the defenses to spread out. So you only have maybe a six man box. Mm -hmm. So then all you've got is a whole bunch of one-on-one matchups and you don't have to worry about trying to account for a seventh or an eighth or a ninth defender in that tackle box. So that, that makes life a whole hell of a lot easier for the offensive lineman. It makes life easier for the running backs. So, yeah, when I say that the Giants offense could look a lot different and could be a lot more exciting from what we've seen, these are the sorts of things that I'm talking about. Yeah, a lot, lot different. And then the last guy that you pointed out, and I thought this was funny, we were uh, digging up a little bit of info on some of these guys before we hopped on because we knew the general just where they were coming from but didn't know some of the background. And Tony Sperano Jr. is a name that Sounds familiar, especially for anyone from New Jersey, because it sounds like Tony Soprano. Uh, <laughs> but we we pulled him up and we're like, I, you know, I've I've heard good things about him. I'm I'm curious where he's from, and he's with the Panthers previously. He's been with the Jaguars. He does have good coaching experience, but um, he's a one of those guys that's the assistant offensive line coach. I think that's also underrated. But you you were caught by the fact that you are both fellow Great Danes. Uh, yeah, Tony Sperano Jr. is a SUNY Albany alum, and in a very weird twist of fate, we were there at the exact same time, from uh, 2005 to 2009. So that I don't recall ever crossing paths with him. It's entirely possible we you know, shared classes, but you know, UAlbany is not a small school. At the time, we had a student body of some something like 20,000. Not huge, but not small either, but j- that was just really interesting to me that, you know, kind of, kind of in a small world way, w- we were <laughs> at the same school at the same time. <laughs> right, right. And uh, also always nice to see another FCS guy joining a, a coaching staff. It's always 
it's funny how many FCS guys come from, um, you know, come on, go on to become head coaches and assistant coaches. There's a lot more than you'd think, considering the smaller level of Division One football. But as a former FCS guy, that does does make me excited. But um, no, Sperano though, I, I think is a, a quality hire. And then the guy that there is going to be leading the offensive line, Bobby Johnson, uh, you know, additionally is a, a very very strong choice for. Uh, taking over that offensive line room was previously the Bills offensive line coach and also was with the Colts in 2018 as an assistant offensive line coach. And we know how good that Colts offensive line was in 2018 and how much they've progressed. But the bigger thing here with Bobby Johnson, Chris, is that you look at the Bills and there's not a lot of guys that were drafted super highly. There's not a lot of linemen that are like super elite and top five at their respected each individual slots on the offensive line, but they are very cohesive. They play really well together and they were, I think one of the best offensive lines statistically this past year. Now it does help that Josh Allen is the one behind center and his decision-making and his ability to get away from pressure is very, very elite, but to see all of those guys on that offensive line, the way that they play together, that is promising because this Giants offensive line, the pieces that they have, they're probably going to swap some people out, but they have never really had, except for Andrew Thomas, an elite guy in that group. So to unlock that potential from maybe some mid-tier guys, that is going to be really, really huge. And I think that that is positive to know that Bobby Johnson was able to produce that level of success. Yeah. The, the thing I think some people tend to miss about offensive line is that it, it really isn't about any one player or how many first round picks or how many top 10 picks you have on that offensive line. It's how well those five players play together. And that was one thing the Bills did really well. Yeah, you know, they had, you know, for football outsiders, they had the second best offensive line in, in terms of pass protection in the NFL. For ESPN, they were eighth in pass protection. And that really is because they function well as a group. Now, sacks are largely a quarterback statistic, but having offensive linemen who can play together, who can all honor their assignments, who can just execute as one unit instead of five individuals mm -hmm. is absolutely huge. Because you think back to the Giants offensive line from 2007 to 2010, or certainly 2009, yeah, how many really highly drafted players did they have on that offensive line basically it was chris snee you know he was drafted in the second round i don't recall where kareem mckenzie was drafted he was brought in as a free agent but they had you know rich seibert who was an undrafted free agent i you know they had david deal who was a fifth round pick but as a unit those guys played fantastically together and there really wasn't a better offensive line in the NFL for that span of time, you know, at least until everybody started, you know, getting hurt and getting old. But while they were in their prime, they were, they were a great unit, not just five great players and having a coach who can build that dynamic is huge. And it, it definitely is harder now than it was then just because of the CBA rules. They, there are only so many practices you can have, only so many padded practices you can have. So if you have a coach who can build that kind of cohesiveness in the modern climate, 
that's great to have. Certainly very great to have things like that. And it'll be exciting to see how this coaching staff can develop this current roster. And I think that the goal going forward is we're going to talk about each position group and talk about the roster and be able to relate things to the new guys that are taking over each individual group, as well as some episodes that will be focused and centric on draft content. So stay tuned for all of that. And that is going to be coming your way. And the best way to do so is hit subscribe on your audio listening app. We will talk to you later, folks. Enjoy the rest of your week. to do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on? Oh, mom. No. <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.